It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. And as promised, this segment is all about the Penn State players in the NFL draft. Whenever I look at the list of names, T. Frank, before we get into where these guys are going to go, how high they're going to be drafted, what sticks out to me is there's like five defensive players that are going to be drafted. Yep. That's a lot of talent going into the NFL. I guess we saw why they were pretty good last year. Yeah, and why, you know, I, I just got done saying how Brent Pry does things and, and talking about many ideas and the defense and the differences. And Brent Pry evolved with that group where they were doing more aggressive things. They were doing things that were, I, I think, from what I've seen outside of the characteristic of what they've done previously, putting more pressure on that unit to do uh, great things. And they responded. There were obviously at the end of the Iowa game, the end of the Ohio State game, there were some problems and, and they gave up plays, but the offense didn't score points. Like in those situations, sure, you give up a play or two, you're asking that team to be perfect. And a lot of times they almost pulled it off. So, yeah, that was a very talented unit from back to front, uh, you know, with people at the right levels and the right positions to make up for any deficiencies the team might have had. And they did come through late in the Wisconsin game, yep. in the Auburn game. So in the Maryland game. And, and consider P.J. Mustafer should be in this group too. But injury prevented him from doing that. So there'd be another one. Exactly. So let's, um, let's go at the top, or I think at the top, will be Jahan Dotson, where I thought he was so good. I understand a little bit undersized. He's not a guy who's going to break tackles. But he has such great hands. I... I think the only thing that's keeping him from definitely being a first-round pick is there are so many other good wide receivers in the draft. And this is the new norm. that I mean, you put three receivers on the field, sometimes four, and colleges are putting more resources into that side of the ball to score points because that's the, that's the secret sauce. So if you had a great defensive back, no, you don't. Now you have a, a commit that's going to be a receiver. So that group of players is a deeper pool every single year. And Jahan is just the next one in that group of, is he the biggest, fastest, and the strongest? uh, Or is he the best player? And we've seen the NFL routinely go for the guys that are the fastest. Even if they aren't the biggest. Uh, Jalen Waddell, the Alabama receiver that went to the Raiders. uh, I forget his name. uh, The one that's no longer in the league. This trend of wanting to find the next Tyreek Hill or the next speed receiver it's kind of trumped the big physical guys. Now, those guys are still going to go in the first round. The NFL still wants bigger, faster, stronger, but they've prioritized faster. And where Jahan Dotson fits into that ecosystem really is going to determine whether or not he's a first-round pick. Some team's going to want him, and they're going to have to want him above those height measurements and those physicality measurements and see him for what he is, which is a really, really good receiver with good speed and the ability to catch the ball and run in the open field. And w- was it Ruggs was the name of yes, that? Yes, thank Oakland you. receiver. So, unfortunately, what happened to him. But anyway, speaking of Dotson, I, I think someone's going to end up very happy yeah. who gets 
Jahan Dotson. Yeah. The, I there I just my my question is are is he going to get leapfrogged late in the process by a guy like Christian Watson from North Dakota State who's six four and runs a four four or a four four zero or four three or whatever you know a, a deep ball receiver. I have people that are telling me he's the next Randy Moss and it's just like some of these some of these comparisons like I get the size and and those things are all important but production also matters and um no one was more productive than Jahan Dotson. So, I am on the fence if he's a first-round pick physically, but he's a first-round pick talent. And I think the fact that we got to watch him every game and see the things that one, it's a, I know you might consider it a little thing, but I just love that as a punt returner, I was so totally confident in the guy. He was never even going to bobble the ball. Yep. Now, you watch him one game or a couple games, you say, well, they're expected to catch the ball. But he did it every single time. It yep. was never in doubt. Yep. And I think watching him every game, we get to appreciate him even more. Another guy that I know both of us really appreciate and really like is is Brisker. Yep. I think he's going to be a real good NFL player. And you and I had a conversation about him a few weeks ago, I guess. And I think a testament to him is... I really want the Eagles to get him. You're a Bills fan. You would like the Bills to get him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because I think he's a defensive back. I think he's scheme versatile. And in the NFL right now, what you're trying to do is you're trying to prevent these, like we just said, speed has taken over the receiver position. So you're running soft, too high coverage shells to take that away. But what you really need is guys that when you don't run that can play multiple levels of the defense. Now, I've... I've seen some conversations that people think he's just a box safety. He's just going to be in a cover three. He's going to be an underneath defender. But that is only taking into account one season of his film where this past year, Penn State had to put him in the box because P.J. Mustafer went down with an injury and the defensive tackles were overwhelmed in their first year starting. So they just threw numbers at the box. Before that game, first off, he was injured. And second off, he was making plays in coverage, you know, the first month of the season. So, I, you know, I, I, you, you rewind one year and he's a really good filling the lane safety from that field position. He made good plays there. You know, maybe he's not an elite coverage player in the deep middle of the field, but he's got the speed to be good. And I'm not asking him to do that as his primary job. I'm asking him to do that at times. So I think he has the versatility to play both safety positions in the NFL. And I think he's got man coverage skills. His his physical tools of being able to turn and run are great. So I, I think it's a bit of a technique thing where he tends to get a little bit aggressive, break on the ball a little too much. He sees things and wants to go get the ball, and sometimes he gets beat on double moves. But outside of that, he can stay with any tight end. I mean any tight end in the NFL, and he's big enough to physically match up with those guys. So I see a Swiss Army knife that I, that's... That, I had some thought at one point, can he play corner? Can he be a zone corner? And some t he told me after the pro day, teams are asking him, can you play all five positions in the backfield? And, you know, I think that's a testament to his intelligence and his skill. And if you've got that sort of versatility, you've got a player that is not, just not going to bust. And I think he can he has potentially be very good at that position. Arnold Lee Bikini is a guy that, I think he, 
obviously, as Penn State fans, he really popped this past year, his last year in college. But I think that causes a little bit of a uh, disparity in how people are rating him. I'm seeing a couple places he's in the first round. I see somewhere it's much later that he gets chosen. Well, those how people are dumb. Is Ibikiti? <laughs> okay. Well, then, what do, what do you think? You're you're the smart guy. You're the guy who knows this stuff. That's why I'm asking you. So first off, Arnold Lebikidis had three seasons of production uh, and two consistent ones: one at Temple and one at Penn State. So he had uh, 74 pressures in the last two seasons. That's not a one-season wonder. That's a guy who did it at one level and then did it at the next. Of the three guys that we've talked about so far, he is the cleanest projection to the NFL because I know exactly what he is. He is a pass rushing specialist that can play the run. And he has the best bend, power through contact, and hand usage I've seen from a Penn State defensive end. And I'm including uh, Micah Parsons when he rushed the passer. He doesn't have the physical violence. He's not as strong as that. But he is effective. So when it comes to the overall game, he has the most complete polished game that translates to the NFL. And a team that needs pass rush. And here's the secret. They all do. Somebody's going to want him at the end of the first round. And if not, it's like in the first five picks of the second round because his win percentage, especially in third down situations and, you know, clutch pass rushing, he's really good. Now, is he the freak? Is he the physical tools guy? Kind of the same conversation of Jahan Dotson? No, but he meets the threshold. So I think Dotson would, I would consider him a little bit undersized. And I think Ebikidi for the modern NFL is not undersized. He's not Yannick Ngakwe. He's, he plays the run okay. Uh, there's only a couple games where he did not play the run okay, but for the most part, he held his own because he wins again with quickness and hand usage. He's hard to block. So I don't have any questions about Arnold Lipkiti. I think of those guys, to me, he's the lock first-round pick, or at least he should be. I always thought it seemed like every game he came up with a big play. Yep. He did something special every game. All right, to try to get to more of these guys, I didn't ask you this ahead of time. I'm going to ask it to you now. Tariq Castro-Fields, Brandon Smith, Jesse Lakeda, Rasheed Walker. In what order are they going to be picked? Um, I think Brandon Smith will go first because of his testing numbers and his physical ability and the perceived upside. I would be very scared if I were the team that drafted him because I do think the instincts are an issue. He got better, but I don't know that he ever showed the consistent ability to do that. Um, what, what was the list again? Uh, Walker. Uh, the other three are... Tariq Castro-Fields, yeah. Jesse Lucada, and Rasheed Walker. Probably Rasheed Walker. Um, I was a little disappointed in Jesse Lucada's testing this offseason, and that's what he needed because he needs to show that he has pass rushing upside. I don't know that he really showed that, so he's a really good run defender from the defensive end position, but that's really a niche skill, and you can get that from other guys. So then you have Tariq Castro-Fields, who is... Uh, the four three eight, you see that on tape, but the inconsistency, you see that on tape. So, a good zone corner with speed. I'm a little concerned about his projection to the NFL as a complete package because I think it's physically he's a man cover corner and he's never really played that. So that leaves Walker, who's a total wild card, as somebody who could be a second round pick but never played at that level. So I just throw a dart and say he's going to be drafted in the fifth round. And I think really, end of four through six is where those guys go. End of four through end of six. Of the group, which one do you think might surprise and stand out in the NFL? I don't know that it's a surprise. <laughs> well, I don't know that it's a surprise. It's 
uh, I guess I'd be surprised if Brandon Smith realized his ultimate potential. Um, and I don't know where that is, if that's Will or Mike, because he played it. He got to the combine at 250. So, like, that's a Mike. He is a, like, that's the middle linebacker size. Um, it's one of those two guys that have the, the physical skills. It's either uh, Rasheed Walker or Brandon Smith. And as I say that, Tariq Castro-Fields could turn out to be the best of them because he's also physically <laughs> talented. Like, he's very fast. He's very athletic. The guy that I think has the best game of those that group that you didn't mention is Brandon Smith. But he ran, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ellis Brooks. He ran a 4.77. He's a little undersized. He's the best one at football. But it's going to take a team that really likes football players and not athletes to get him on a team. Well, I, I'm glad you brought up Ellis Brooks because I really liked him. I, I thought he could potentially be an NFL player. Really quickly, does Jordan Stout get drafted? He should. I Yes, he will. Okay, that is it for quarter number two. Stick around in quarter number three. We're going to ask T. Frank. This is Barbara Duran, Penn State alumna. It's been a great honor representing our alumni as a trustee. I am asking that you reelect me, Ted Brown, and Bill Oldsey. Independent leadership working to make sure Penn State provides a quality, affordable education that values success with honor. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. In his book, Why Penn State, author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering old states past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind We Are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com. 